Johnny. Do you want to go to an ice cream social? Yeah, I'd love to. Great, let's go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Ice Cream Social. Sitting across from me, that is Paul Mattingly. Across from me, it's Mr. Matt Donnelly. And of course, on audio, we have Jacob. Jacob. Um, uh, it's been a bit of a kick in the balls for uh, the Ice Cream Social this week. Yep. We, we, we've got some some tough tough things. It's been some bullshit. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, my kid got sick this week. And uh, that's always tough because uh, uh, first time parent anxiety, right? So like you, at first, the first two months you're raising your kid, you're just like, what does a baby do? How do I make a baby do this? And then you kind of feel like you get the hang of it. And then all of a sudden he gets sick for the first time. And all of a sudden you go right back to like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I can or can't give him. I don't know what I'm supposed to. Uh, Everything's always like for an infant. Holy shit. Call a doctor. Don't, don't even touch it. Um, so it's like it's, it's a little crazy, <laughs> and then it. don't even don't even touch the child. Leave the child squirming. Get him ground. in a bag and yeah. get him to the hospital. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, which is my first time experience with this. Also, when uh, I help my kid get over his sickness, I get sick because he is a petri dish. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have gotten this from the gymboree. Might have. Well, that's that's when he goes around other kids, and that's usually the cesspool of germs. That yeah. his kids hanging out. Now those places do a good job of trying to clean up after everything, but, but kids come in and they're kids. Hey man, but you know what? We all get sick at certain points, and it's part of the building up immunity thing as a kid. So uh, I go to pick up the kid. The, Sarah uh, is with the with Keeler at the Jimboree, mm-hmm. and I go to uh, pick him up because she has to go somewhere right after Jimboree, and I, I walk in. To the gymboree and and Paul, what's the first rule of improv? Yes, and right because our instincts are always to say no, no, right? stop that, stop that. That is bothering me. And the no is always seems funny. It's but it's protective and it pushes the other person away mm-hmm. and makes the person look bad. And so no jokes often just stop, even if they're funny. No jokes just stop everything in their tracks. So you'd think after improvising for twenty years, I wouldn't just make a, a really bad no joke. Uh, but I walk into the gymboree and I'm looking for my kid and the staff member gets up from the group and goes like, hey, uh, are you, you have a kid here? Uh, kind of like, what are you doing here? And she's like, do you have a kid here? I go like, no, is my lame <laughs> joke. And then I realize like it, th- like it pulses over me in paralyzing fear that I basically just made a child molester joke. Kind of. That I was just like, no, I'm just here to shop for kids. I'm just a creepy, hairy dude walking into Jimboree just to check out the scene. <laughs> well, you could be a, yeah, it's that or a child gym equipment creator right. who's looking, doing some research. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's yeah. pretty far out. <laughs> I got it's pretty far I got out. this crawling elliptical that's going to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine a four-pedal elliptical? That'd be awesome. That'd be pretty great. You, you know what? I would use that now. No, I'm like. Yeah. That you ever done? You ever done the Spider Man crawl? Uh, no. So when I had a trainer, yeah, back when dinosaurs ruled the earth, <laughs> magma rose from the ground. Your training, fury. yeah. Uh, I did it for about six months. I was really serious about my fitness yeah. and lost some real weight. But the Spider Man walk, 
the Spider-Man crawl. Yeah. It's one of the hardest goddamn things you'll ever do. It's just do. an exercise? It's an exercise. It's just, you and you usually use, usually use the racquetball court, yeah. an empty racquetball court, or some place where it's nice, good, solid floors. And you get on all fours, but your knees aren't touching the ground. You're, you're on your feet and your hands, and you crouch low. Oh, okay. And you put your head up as best you can. Oh, man. And you speedily walk across the floor like a Spider-Man. That sounds crazy. It's hard. That sounds stupid hard. It's really hard. But you could make a machine to replicate that activity, although people would only be able to use it for about two minutes at a time. Yeah. I mean, it's it puts strain on but everything. But just like the elliptical, it make it go longer. Yeah. Then, because I wouldn't last twenty seconds doing that. It's tough. My wife has me sign up for this this new fancy cardio gym around the corner from our house. Just opened up, and it's uh, the premise is that you can do anything for a minute, mm-hmm. and then you just do a minute on the bike, and then do a minute of some awkward weightlifting exercise or push up exercise or punching bag thing, or you you know dumbbells and all this, or you do chin ups with straps. And the premise being like you just do anything for a minute and you get back on the bike for a minute. And uh, it turns out I can do anything for maybe 20 seconds. 20 seconds and then I can't do anything for a minute. Mm-hmm. Really out of shape. Really out of shape. Yeah. We're, in, we're in the same boat. Yeah. We need, I've, I've been debating bringing this up because of so many other things going on in my life. But there's right. always stuff going on. But at some point, I'm not saying now. Okay. Scoops. No one hold Paul to whatever he's about to say. But at some point, we should probably do a weight off. Oh man, pie in the sky thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's it's hard. Like, um, I guess I can talk about. It. I, I I basically had like a big kind of red alert moment, um, which is coming on now a year ago, mm-hmm. where I basically I was I need an operation on my nose, mm-hmm. and um, I had to. What is basically formality is is go to a uh, cardiologist and get just say that everything's okay for me to go have under, surgery to mm-hmm. go have surgery, and I go in and this is August of last year and I uh, am way up on my weight, uh, the most I've ever weighed at this time, and when they go to check my blood pressure, they actually say like we might not let you leave, we might actually send you to a hospital. Or we, or we need to figure out something right away. And my blood pressure was obscenely high. Oh. And I had no idea. Um, and it was like, uh, I mean, when I would tell people what it was, and they would just go like, what the fucking fuck? How are you not dead? <laughs> that, and that basically what it was. They basically thought that I was going to fucking have a heart attack at any moment. Mm. And so they put me on a bunch of medication, and then I had to lose weight. So actually, I am uh, still overweight now. Yeah, but... But this, and this is what's depressing is I'm still overweight right now, and I am 23 pounds lighter than I was in August of last wow. year. Well, that's great still. Yeah. Every little bit helps. And they say every pound you lose takes up to eight pounds of pressure off your knees and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. really feeling it right now because I'm, I'm close to my heaviest I've ever been right now, too. So that's tough. I need, to, I need to get something cooking. It sucks. It really sucks. And uh, when it becomes medical, it's really just depressing. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm in my 30s, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about like... yeah. And I'm, at the, you know, uh, thinking about, you know, at the time I was thinking about, we, we weren't having a kid yet, but we were hoping. Mm-hmm. And it just was like crazy that I all of a sudden might not have been around for any of that. It was mm-hmm. just awful. You know, in your 20s, your health is about looking good. Yeah. You know, I want to lose weight because I want to look good when I do these things. And now it's like, I want to get my health together so I don't die. Mm-hmm. So that I can stay on this fucking planet. And now for real, like, you know, uh, I went to this crazy uh a while ago, the Ray Kurtzwheel, the 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 crazy ass writer, the Singularity guy. You down with that vitamin plan? Uh, he wants the personalized vitamins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, his whole thing was actually he says, you know, he's the one who wants to live forever. He takes something like 70 pills a day. Is that true? Yeah. Do you ever watch his his documentary? No. No. About the singularity? I saw his lecture. No, yeah. no, no. He takes an obscene amount of pills, but he's doing quite well for his age. Yeah. And he's got lots of great theories on the stuff, and some of it seems to be... He's a genius, no he, doubt. Exactly. And one of his big things was that when they were trying to decode DNA, mm-hmm. when they reached 1% of the code, it took you know whatever, however many years. So when they asked scientists, how long do you think it'll take to decode the human genome... Everyone was guessing like 150 years, you know. And Ray Kurzweil said, "No, no, no. Things things snowball. Things things grow exponentially, not incrementally. And therefore, I my guess is actually 14 years before they decode the human genome. And it took seven, you know. Yeah. And he talks about the power of the computer, what it was like 1980, the size of the computer and what its power was versus the size of the computer that's in your phone." And how powerful it is. Capabilities, yeah. And he says that like there's no reason in 50 years we don't have cellular um, computers that -hmm. we don't have shit just going through our bloodstream and checking shit out. Mm -hmm. And so his thing is, live 50 years, you're going to live a different, different deal. Absolutely. So no harm in just believing that one. I'm going to go ahead and just try to see if I can make it 50 more years. I believe it. I just think it's going to be a different thing for the people with the money to be able to afford that technology. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can. I'll, I'll try to get. I'll try to uh, kickstart of that shit. I would love to be able. To, I'd love to be able to afford nanobots. That would be badass. I will make a documentary about bloodbotting myself, and you can kickstarter for that shit. Bloodbots. <laughs> uh, and Jacob may or may not have lost his job. We don't know about it's that. True. This is another kick. Kicking the balls number two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, are you allowed to talk about this on the air? Probably not. Well, no. Uh, a story came out yesterday, so it's it's now it's in the all, papers. It's, it's all in the papers. It's all public. Uh, Vegas Nocturne, my show that I run the sound for at Rose Rabbit Lie. At Who the Casey? Had, Casey was a guest on. Yep, Casey we had Casey on the show. Uh, yep. Um, so it looks like it is now going to be leaving Rose Rabbit Lie at the Cosmopolitan. It looks like Rose Rabbit Lie is going to stick around as a restaurant and nightclub and kind of a, a venue. I don't know what they're going to use. Vegas the needs for. more nightclubs. That's right. We're, we're hardly we hardly have any. And uh, the show Vegas Nocturne is hopefully moving somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's almost definite that it's going to close at this point at Rose Rabbit Lie. So it's it's it's, it's going it's, to. But even that's going to take a while, right? It can't just close. So it's likely there will be a bit of a hiatus period. Well, there's likely to be a little hiatus. Uh, we don't know how how fast it's going to uh, how fast it's going to just close. We got the news on Fourth of July weekend, which is obviously a holiday weekend. So there's only so much that can be done. Uh, lawyers aren't working, all of that kind of stuff. The amount of lawyers that it takes just to close a show is I'll bet. incredible. Oh, man. There, there are three different partners that own the show, and without getting too logistic, it, yeah, yeah, logistically yeah. into it, I mean, there are three different partners that own the show. They each have, you know, 20 different lawyers working the for them. The casino well, has not, their lawyers. Well, not the to Rose mention, Rabbit Lie, the restaurant has their people. And oh, Cosmo yeah. just got sold, so there's a whole new right. business deal going on there. And that's what all of this is stemming from, yeah. is, is new ownership of the casino wants mm-hmm. to go in a different direction, which I completely understand. Yeah, you know, that, that's, 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 that's the nature of our business. That is the nature of the business. But man, it's tough. It's tough to deal with it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not fun. Not nope. fun. You no, know what you need? added stress. You need, you need to put Tara Paulsh in that show and have her show her tits. Because then that'll turn a the show right around. A second show that could, or a second <laughs> show that could, could be saved, saved by Tara's show. She could save a second show with her tits and oh, you would be... Tara, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Be the second time her tits saved my job. <laughs> it could happen. 
Uh, we already know she'll show up for a midnight audition, so you got that going. That's right. For you. That's right. <laughs> it's a shame because you know I hope. I mean, I hope it does find another venue. Me too. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a really cool show. Um, that whole space was designed for it. That's what's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to use and that space for. Exactly like that that crazy ass stage with a nightclub. It doesn't help the nightclub at all. Nope. The whole place is just about the show. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, right. It's it, you know it's as so much that that, that, that runway stage print. that goes up and down and yeah. creates staircases and mm-hmm. stuff. You can't yeah. put anything in there for a club rotating. And, I mean, and for and for people listening, I mean the the venue costs thirty million dollars. It's a, it's a $30 million venue that they put together for a show and they're getting rid of the show. And then they're keeping the venue, but the stuff that costs a lot of money is not going to help. Right. It's not going to be used. Some of it. The lighting rigs are exceptional. Yeah. From what I understand. Oh, yeah. It's like really cutting edge yep. lighting at what I've seen. Oh, the lighting amazing. and yeah. sound rigs. I mean, they're both, they're both very good rigs. Right. So it will be well-purposed for whatever else comes next, but it's going to be a tricky fit Yep. because it is such a custom piece. That, that venue is all about that show, but we'll see. Well, we got lots of friends in that show, not the least of which, Jacob. We hope they all land on their feet and it all comes to uh If you guys need to just spot. keep doing the show, you can do it in my backyard. Oh. Just keep it going there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I live on a golf course. All the golfers can watch the show. It's true. They'll love it. <laughs> I'm sure it'll find a new home. It's it's too good to go away. It's a ton of talent. ton mm-hmm. of talent in that show. And our producer, Spiegel World, I mean, they're, they're working very hard to, to get the show a, a new home. And they've been working on it for a while. They, they kind of saw the writing on the wall, I think, when the new owners took over. Uh, they, they were concerned that something like this may happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've been preparing. And lucky for all of us, they have been. Those guys have always been pretty proactive about stuff when it comes down to it. I've been working for Spiegel World for three years now almost. And yeah. Yeah. yeah doing promotional stuff. And it's a great company. So. And Paul, you killed your dog. Killed my dog today. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, we we had to put down our dear sweet Princess Buttercup. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Um, it wasn't as tough as my other dear dog Lucy, my other corgi, who died in my arms from some kind of seizure. Ooh. So I've been down the road with the dog stuff, but uh, this was a really. I mean, I'm still processing it. I've still got a lot more tears throughout the next week but sure um it was she had lymphoma and she'd had that for a year and a half and my dear wife ann had taken such exceptional care of this dog we got her to the uh the specialty center out here in las vegas uh amazing doctor dr vaughn did great work with her got her on all these you know medications chemo and all this stuff and we got it into remission a couple times Got her an extra year and a half of life, basically. Good quality life. Not, you know, a dying dog. You wouldn't know that she was sick. And honestly, you wouldn't have known she was sick up until yesterday. Truly. And it it was one of those things where uh, we just, you know, we'd had all the time that we needed to think about it, prepare for it. Uh, we grieved for her many times already. Um, so it wasn't uh, a shock or anything. It was still terribly sad, but we had her out and had her out on a walk yesterday to, you know, just go to the bathroom kind of thing. And the poor thing, her legs just kind of went out from under, she collapsed. Ooh. I had to carry her back into the house. And, um, from that point on, from yesterday on, she'd just been really, really, I don't know how, how much you guys want to know. She's just really tired laying on the ground all the time. And, uh, 
she had a little bit of uncontrollable poop through the house, which she'd do from time to time when the treatments would come. But this yeah. was, and you're like that new. with no disease. I'm like that with not. Well, we hope. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what's going on with the pathology there? But it was one of those situations where, like, as soon as she collapsed, my wife's like, "Well, that's pretty much it. That we don't want her suffering anymore. She's clearly." going down and, and you no, guys were on the same page with that yeah well we i mean we'd done everything we could we'd exhausted all the treatment options the last treatment that we gave her adversely affected her so badly it almost killed her because there just comes a point where especially for dogs it's a you know not only diminishing returns but there's just a place where you you're going to kill the dog if you give them any more stuff and the treatment that you do with dogs is very different from humans with humans, we try to eradicate the cancer completely. We try to just nuke it, right? Yeah. But with dogs, you can't say, okay, you're going to have the worst six months of your life. All your hair is going to fall out, and you're going to feel like shit every day. But you might get rid of the cancer. There's no way to rationalize it with the dog, and you don't want to do that to the animal because it's not fair. Right. So to preserve their quality of life, you just try to give them enough to get it to go into remission. Okay. So that's the balancing game. Try to manage. That, right. That's that's the game. So that's what you play. And for the last year and a half, we did it. Over the last month, uh, the treatment just stopped being effective. We had to stop. We only stopped the treatment three weeks ago. So it's not it. it and it, it just got to the point. She started developing lots more tumor masses and everything. And it, it just got really, really bad. And, you know, it's one of those things that thankfully it did come on quick. But we didn't want to let it get to the point where she was just nothing but a suffering little mass. So Mm -hmm. she, you know, like really she had 12 pretty crappy hours there at the end, but not not anything unbearable. And we just were like, that's it. Now, I mean, how do you figure that out? Like, do you call the vet when you want to make yeah, that decision? Yeah, we'd, we'd called him. I mean, we'd been in close consultation with him for months and called him last week about what are the signs to look for so we knew exactly what kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. would, would be there. And he'd seen her progress and prognosis, and he'd seen this is not his first case by any means. Mm-hmm. And so when it came to it um, yesterday, Monday, and she was getting so bad, uh, I went ahead and called the vet's office again and was like, you know, we really think it's probably, it's getting there. Sorry. Yeah, it's about that time. And he completely agreed. It is that time. There is no right time. Right. There is, there just is no right time. But I think my wife and I and the doctor agreed that this is, you know, she's suffering at this point. She's having really shallow breath and kind of that I'm in pain kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But again, this was only the last day or mm-hmm. two. So um, we got it before it got too crazy, um, but just so terribly sad and extremely sad. I mean, not just for me, but my wife too. It's just, it's just, that was our little dog that we got just before we got married. We'd had her just eight years. She was only eight years old herself. So the young puppy rough. still, you know, yeah, really rough. Are you in the room for that shit? Yep. Oh, we were there for it. Well, I mean, it had oh, to be. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, you had to be. I was, I wouldn't, I mean, I, I had it with oh. my other dog. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave her. No. And it's, it's so quick. It's yeah. so fast. And there's no pain. She's, she's out. She's asleep. And then she's gone. Done, done, done. Very quick. So, yeah, it, the process didn't take long at all. They were extremely courteous about it. They were extremely professional. And we just, you know, we just sat there with her, bawled our eyes out. But we'd been giving her extra love and attention for the last year and a half. But also walking on eggshells because we were always kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And while it's unbelievably sad that she's gone, there is a certain lightness 
that comes from knowing that she's not suffering anymore and that she's not, doesn't have to go through this shit anymore. Cause honestly for the last year and a half, pretty much every week we've had to do something. Mostly my wife has had to do something to take her into a double check something or get a treatment or what have you. And, and crazy regiments of pills and all this kind of stuff. So it's been quite the ordeal, but like my wife was saying, uh, buttercup taught us a ton about cancer. So if and when this comes up in another situation, because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the same drugs that humans get, it's similar processes of how it works in the body. Right. You know, so, you know, that little pup, you know, was always. So uh, if anything goes wrong with you, you're going to go to the vet. I, you know what? I wouldn't mind going to this guy. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'd sooner go to this guy than most any other doctor I've met. <laughs> now, with, uh, with Princess Buttercup being put away at the vet mm-hmm. instead of dying at home. Yes. Are you worried that her ghost will just haunt the vet place instead of your host? She's your good. Home? She was good at smelling. She'll be able to. She'll be able to find. Yeah, she'll be able to find us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are no ghosts here. <laughs> there are no ghosts. No, no, I mean you know it's all good. But she was she was a really good dog. She was a little corgi, and so smart and so sweet. And everybody loves their own dog, of course. But she was kind of special, uh, and uh, yeah, just really sharp. I had her. I wrote her into a sketch that I did for Second City for a long time. It was a sketch called Broadsword, where it was uh, it was originally about me wanting a lightsaber and my wife wanting a dog. Okay, right, and so we kind of come to these compromises. And I'm like, at one point in the in the sketch, I compromise by saying, "We can get a dog, but I get to pick the name." I was like, "Well, what name are you going to call it? Princess Buttercup?" And that was always a big blow laugh line. So. I always have that great memory of her name being a big blow laugh line in the show. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And of course, she was named after the Princess Bride. Yep. And we still have the Dread Pirate Roberts, her little black compatriot. Oh, good. So we have a, a little Chihuahua mix. And as sad as it is, uh, we are looking forward to the possibility of adopting another dog soon. Six-fingered man? Uh, That'd be a good name. That would be, you know what? Good name for a dog. It's going to be a girl, though. Okay. So, But but I even might still funnier. call her Six-Fingered Man. Six-Fingered Man is even funnier <laughs> for a girl dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Six-Fingered Man. <laughs> I can't even. That would be. Princess yeah. Bride is one of those movies that, you know, it did not do that well in the box office. It really found its legs on video. Yeah. I, I saw it first on video, and then it, it and became that's like one a, of my all-time you know, favorites. Definitely, it's like a, you know five movies to take you to Desert Island kind of thing. Like Princess Bride is Once just people see it, they're like, oh, this is the best. Yeah. Well, it keeps getting reissued. I just bought it on DVD a couple yeah. years ago. Like, like Not even a year no, ago. No, it holds up. It's still funny right now. It's so good. So good. Carrie Elwes is brilliant in that thing. Everybody's... Yeah. So many great people in that film, too, when you really oh, look yeah, at yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just... I mean, Rob Reiner did a great job directing it, but so many, many good people. <coughs> I was just reading something on the, online about some 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 facts and things about that how uh oh like yeah yeah one of those those articles what what what's his name the guy who was the grandpa who played the grandpa oh the, Peter Falk yeah so Peter pa- Falk plays the grandpa and during the filming he 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 had reservations because he thought he was too young to play a grandpa yeah 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 like, come on kid <laughs> come on and uh, there's a reference to Spinal Tap in the scenes the hat that uh, one of them wears is hanging up in the bedroom wall yeah of that Spinal Tap thing mm-hmm. um let's so now that we're all thoroughly depressed yeah. No, it, it's all good. You know, it's it's circle of life and blah de blah, all that shit. Uh, terrible, sad, but uh, it goes on. But again, like like I said, we are we're, we are really hopeful, and it's a chance to get a new dog, another chance. You know, we're, we we don't, we get from shelters, so give them a shot. Can I tell you something else that's very depressing? 
Uh, yeah. We're on a roll. Let's do it. Apparently in 2012, a TV show came out called There's No Ghosts Here. Shut up. Yep. It's on Facebook and everything. What What was the... Was it, it, it exactly looks like our premise? It, it looks like it, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we received reports of ghost sightings on trains, platforms, and other London underground property. Good thing there's no ghosts in London. <laughs> yeah, it looks like an English uh, an English something or another. Oh, great. Um, Beaten to the punch. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> great ideas, man. Great ideas. It might just be an English thing. We, there might be room for we an, American an American version. American version. We can do our own version. We should have these guys over. Yeah, I mean the problem is Paul and I are just still so well cast in it that I just gotta we gotta do something with it. We oh just, yeah, we just call it something else. Somebody, somebody, write in and tell us about this because I, I don't I don't see a whole lot of yeah, we have, uh, we have a lot of, don't see a lot of details. How about there. Hauntless? Hauntless. There you go. Um, yeah, we can come up with all kinds of names. Mm-hmm. Ghosts? Question mark. <laughs> nope. nope. Parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that too. Nope. <laughs> no sir. Nope. No, indeedy. Oh, you know, I went on the uh, high roller here in town. You did. So yeah. it's the it's the starter apartment inside a bubble, basically, is yeah, what they yeah. call it, yeah. size-wise. It's, it's, a, it's a New York Studio apartment mm-hmm. uh, in the shape of a light bulb, and it goes around and around. Um, it actually is really cool. I'll bet, um, but it's neat. It's, it's a fun thing. It takes about a half hour uh, to go up, and you go... Did you see any boning while you were up there? No, it's really hard to see any other bubbles, and our bubble was pretty conservative. Well, that makes sense. I wasn't even thinking in bubble. I was yeah. thinking of the views. Oh, in the hotels. Yeah. No, because you're close to the hotels, but not super close to the hotels. It would take it would take some you gotta pretty... got to bring some binoculars. Yeah, you know, someone have to be really voyeuristic. They have to be really tossing their tits out the window for you to really mm-hmm. t- pick up on it. How much does it cost to rent one of those things flat out the whole bubble? Do you know? Oh, I don't know, but there is a cost for it. Yeah. Because there's, there's also a thing we can get like a catering cart where they bring a bar on Party there. bubble. And the thing about that is the thing is like a half hour, right? But can't you like, couldn't you like rent it for a couple hours and just go rotate a few times? Oh, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Because I was going to say is that like whatever it's worth, I don't know if it's worth just to rent a full bar just for a half hour. Like I must drink while I move. Right. You know, like you get drinks when you come down. <laughs> we went on, uh, <laughs> my wife got us to, to, to the living social or whatever. One of those uh, Groupon's living social type deals. Yeah. So we went through that, and they came with like a drink or whatever. And so when we get up to the bar, we're like, first, I'll, I'll just say this, that like I'd say one out of every five staff members knew what they were doing when we arrived, knew how to answer questions, knew what the fuck was going on. That, was, that like, is the proper was very, ratio. Very frustrating. <laughs> we kind of like entered twice, get our bags checked twice. Kind of, <laughs> some people were like, no, those counts as tickets go right ahead. Did we get up stop? No, those aren't tickets. You, you got to redeem down. those, yeah. And uh, then we like leave through like a side entrance to the elevator. Then we try to go back in that way to go to the elevator. And they're like, no, no, no. I'm like, we just came out of here. You just told us where to go. Just get us back on the elevator. <laughs> All right, but I have to walk you there. Okay, good. Walk us. Walk, walk us there. to the elevator. Uh, Got to have the highest security. What is this? Is this thing yeah. really that high profile of a target? Yeah, yeah. Is this? Is this like the? And I, uh, I mean, I guess it would the be. target. I'm not a fucking terrorist. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> You're not. Yeah, but. We know there's yeah. plenty of people out there that yeah. want to blow up Ferris wheels. <laughs> Ferris wheel talk. <laughs> we'll get those Americans and their precious wheels. They think they can make one bigger than a London Eye, do they? <laughs> well, we'll show them. We'll show them. We got the first one. We got the biggest. It's like pathetically larger than the London Eye. It's like, like, it's like, like a, a few inches. Feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's no, no, no. Um, 100, 107 feet taller. 
Hundreds of feet. Oh, that's not pathetic. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a large amount. It's significantly bigger. Uh, it's going to be pathetic when it's burning and falling <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> Kaboom! But yeah, you ride this giant wheel that overlooks Vegas, and I got to tell you, the most exciting part was the first part of the the first quarter length of the trip up was that we could see where we parked from where we were. <laughs> And so from like far away, we were locking and unlocking our cars and making our cars blink. <laughs> that was really fun. That was really fun. And then wow. there's the whole thing of like when you get up, the link is the old um, Imperial Palace. And you can see the swastika. Right. <laughs> That's oh, the right. I was the one who was informing our car of this. It is the, you, you should, it's, it's three-fourths of a swastika. It's, you should, it, it, should, it should be known, you right? Can, you can Google map this thing yeah. easy peasy. Oh, yeah, you can go right on, right on Google Maps. So the Imperial Palace, which was ostensibly a, you know, China kung fu themed sort of yeah. place, like like an eighties political correctness sensibility of Asian culture, right? The which Imperial is none. Palace. Which is basically yeah. Which is none. which is welcome to which our like, Oriental place. Yeah, our yeah. Ori- Orientals are sacred. Right. Welcome. Yeah. So, uh, the owner, <laughs> it was basically the Shogun Casino. Yeah. He he was a Nazi, I guess. Allegedly. Uh, okay. All right, let's allege. You're right. Because and but here's the thing: inside the Imperial Palace, one of the big attractions is they have a car museum. Yep. Fancy cars from all of history: the Bonnie and Clyde car. You know, I think there's might be a Knight Rider car in there. But what's the one of the big attractions that kind of just slides under the radar there? Hitler's limousine. Precisely. All that museum was was an excuse for this guy to own and display prominently Hitler's limousine. Which also, allegedly, he took out every, every 420 and drove it around. <sighs> Classic. So, meanwhile, this guy is expanding on the hotel. and like in the most con- people were. Everyone's expanding their everyone's hotels. Everyone's growing the stuff out. But during his construction, he is straight up building it so that from an aerial view, it is in the shape of a swastika. So if you unmistakable. And so they, they catch wind of this and then they finally stop giving permission to expand his hotel. Yes, they stop him three fourths into Swastika Town. <laughs> and Google map this bad boy. Google map the Imperial Palace overhead view. You will see what we're talking about. It's preposterous. I'm, I'm looking at it right now yeah. and it's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. guy was trying to build a building in the shape of a swastika. <laughs> and so that's not known to the average rider of the high roller, and I feel like that should so be like you're, incorporated into the program. It's gonna be. But I'm rocking everyone's world in my body. Are they flipping out? Yeah, Are they like, I not what? Yeah. Oh, what? Because you can see it right yeah, there. Yes, like, you're like, Look, do you see how that building's almost a swastika? Yeah. Yeah, that guy was like, a Nazi. No, allegedly. Like, yes. You're like, yeah, Hitler's limo, my friend. Yeah, Hitler's, Hitler's limo. limo is in there. It's yeah. still in there, right? I think so. I think the car collection is still in there. Unless it's a Transformer. <laughs> Zeke Heil. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be Michael Bay's next one. It transfers into a... for Nazis. A, <laughs> it transforms to a blue-eyed black blonde hair transformer <laughs> this is perfect arian we need you yaman <laughs> what is it you need <laughs> oh man yeah so we went up on the high roller and then we saw the we saw the the swastika building <laughs> and then, yeah the rest of the city looks nice i love that the, that the imperial palace is fully on display from the bubbles oh That's man it is great. too funny it, yeah it's right there it's right i'm sure there. i'm sure everybody was just like what and then they're like they have to come around right they have yeah. to be like oh clearly you're right yeah oh yeah yeah everyone was convinced by the end of by the end of the ride mm-hmm. um <laughs> i wish i could hand out my own like fun fact you're the hit of the bubble right yeah, like, 
Um, what you were talking about before with the cars, dude, they got to do that. With they the, got the with the cars with the you were able to turn off and on the thing. What are you talking about? You were able to turn off and on your lights and lock oh, yeah, on yeah, the doors. Yeah. yeah. So what they need to do is they need to build grids of uh, nine for cars that correspond to the people who are going to be on those bubbles, <laughs> so they can play tic tac toe. <laughs> Aerial tic tac toe. Aerial tic tac toe with remote control cars. Uh huh. That's not a. That's a fun idea. That's pretty funny. It's one more little thing. I love it. You can add that as like an add-on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can pitch. We can pitch the high rollers. You guys want to be in the tic-tac-toe bunch? We can just do valet tic-tac-toe. Yeah. You can radio to us. No, it was really fun. It's it's, it's a beautiful ride. It's a, it's it's perfect length actually. To be honest with you, it it doesn't move. It moves without uh, dude, moving that, too fast. I'm sorry to tell you that's that's just what the 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 ride operators who want you to think it's okay tell you that it's a perfect length, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's really a little bit short. It's really yeah, a little, it's really it's, a little it should short. be a little longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> And I guess that whole area down there, the whole um, length. Yeah, that whole um, area down there is a good length. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That's it's what I've normal. Been it's normal. Every girl I've dated. Yeah, that's fine. It's normal. Ah, it's fine. It's always like, mm, yeah. yeah. What? What is that? Is that good enough? Yeah. <laughs> it works. <laughs> that's what, I don't tell all my bad day stories. They all end there. They all end with like, ah. It's fine. That's fine. I guess. Heck. Let's give it a shot. Let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what I was remembering the other day? This is a horrible story, but I think it's definitely podcast worthy. Oh, my God. Do you remember Maggie? It was a, she was a journalist here. Yes. She, oh, my God. Yes. You know exactly. This Why story are you telling this story? What is this story about? Why is this coming it's, in? It's on my notes. It's Where did about it? on the air. <laughs> Where? I don't have a transition. Did it ha- What hotel did it happen in? Uh, Do you remember? No, I don't. I don't. I don't remember. So this. this is a this is a Vegas horror story of the highest caliber. This is a perfect Vegas horror story. I mean, this, this is, is exactly, this is a this could be a movie. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, good. Go ahead, weave the nightmare tale, <laughs> listeners. Stop eating. Yes, you do not want to be having food. Let's right stop now. eating. Yeah, and or pause. Whatever. Yeah. Oh boy! Stop drinking, for that matter. Yeah. Just don't even. Oh, this is the DPH story, and um, so what happens is, uh, this girl uh, was out of the club, met a guy, hit it off with them. They go back to his place, and they get they start getting freaky, right? Have you and heard this one, Jacob? I have. It's a like this is one of these things that have just gone down in Vegas lore. Oh man, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is and so. Uh, they're, they start fucking, but like with the condom, but then like the pro this guy was, he, uh, finishes by tearing off his condom and, uh, finishing on her face. Like a bro, like, like, like a good lover, like a good tender lover. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Uh, (laughs) it's a good length. It's a one night stand. (laughs) It's a good length. It was, eh. Uh, it's a fine, fine finish, I guess. Fine. It's a little on the chin. Okay. Whatever. I'd have to close my eyes. It's, it's fine. Great. No. Um, <laughs> she. Uh, it's a one night stand. They're not really gonna hang again. Just a one night of fun kind of thing. One night of fun. And then uh, she uh, realizes after a couple of days that uh, she's got a little bit of something happening on the face. A little bit of a little bit of a reaction that she thinks she should get checked out. 
And so uh, she goes down to a clinic, and they do a little bit of testing on there. And so bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they find out that she has uh, a little bit of the herp. It's it, She's got herpes on the face. and Which you would think pretty extreme, given it was just the facial. Yeah. You know, like like direct contact on the skin, right? Like yeah. on her chin and stuff, not in her mouth. Yeah. This is from the semen touching her face. Yeah. So warning bells. Yeah, little warning bells. Like, if, what a, what a filthy dicked that's, man. That's some strong herpes. With yeah, that that we hit it off at the club. Right, we hit it off the club with that, and then uh, you know she goes home. This is already a bad day. This mm-hmm. is already a bad day. She has herpes on her face. From a, from a guy finishing on her face, one night stand, and she gets a phone call. And it's from the police. They've run further tests on her facial herpes, and they need to talk to her because the type of herpes that she has on her face only happens in dead people. She contracted necrotic herpes. She contracted dead people. Herpes, mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and they need to talk to her because this guy is probably fucking dead bodies, which means he's probably a murderer. And they need to find out who this guy is and track him down. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Ugh. And they, she helps. Helps solve crime. She, she helps. She helps <laughs> what track a, this guy what down. a trooper. And sure enough, they find the guy with a dead hooker in his apartment that he had been fucking for weeks when you are the the first alive person someone chooses to fuck after a dead person for a long time what kind of compliment is that it's I kind mean, of a compliment i mean is it a compliment i think so you know, <laughs> the what? first warm body i've wanted to fucking weeks could you lay, am... could you lay a little stiller <laughs> could you not talk so much why is your waterbed so cold just just lay still <laughs> you keep your eyes open but don't look at me don't look at anything (laughs) go into empty dead focus i shouldn't have said dead don't look at anything don't focus on anything stop using your jaw or your eyes on purpose do you have to keep breathing throughout this entire process (laughs) i'd really appreciate it if you could hold your breath just for a little bit (laughs) hold your breath that's good stop breathing good you raised your eyebrow Don't do that. (laughs) Keep your arms still. Don't look at me. Look at nothing. I want to see nothing in your eyes. (laughs) Look into the nothing. That's better. Now I'm going to come on your face. Don't look at me. Don't look at the cum. Hold still. Stop breathing. Boy, this is a lot easier with my last girlfriend. <laughs> oh, that was creepy. <laughs> and I am rock hard. I, am, I cannot tell you how aroused I am. I'm going to play this podcast for myself at home. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I mean, the, the just the, the the emotions you must feel like uh, that when you didn't get murdered yourself uh, in your one night stand. At first, you got to be hating life because you have DPH in your face, <laughs> but then you got to think I'm alive. 
Dead person herpes. Oh man. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's a, that is a it was told to me by a reporter. So it is sec- it is a secondhand story, but uh, I, we do understand it to be a true story. Um, so if you have a story that rivals that, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> what rivals please, that? Please. What <laughs> of a worst first date story? No, that's that's an Italian air show. That is an nah, Italian. That's Italian air show. <laughs> Mwah. Um, yeah, that is that is no good. Hey, Paul, did you read the uh, Gilbert editorial? I didn't read it. Gilbert Godfrey and Playboy magazine. I saw articles about it and I read comments about the article itself. I kind of got the gist, but hit me. Basically, it was a really funny uh, two-page uh, editorial about uh, about being about comedians being forced to apologize, and that in this kind of Twitter social media world, like you just have to. He basically jokingly says you have to treat everyone, you have to treat the whole world like they're your girlfriend or your wife. You have to just kind of like coddle them and, mm-hmm. and apologize in advance and no matter what happens it's your fault and you can change and, <laughs> um, and one quote from the, the editorial is uh, Hitler could have gotten a lot could have could have gone a long way with a little my bad <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, but it's great I mean it's, it's a bit of a movement like it is it is crazy you know the amount of fervent terminal punishment we want to inflict on comedians, you know? Well, we're all of a sudden erecting this whole new category of sacred cows. Yeah. Which I don't understand at all. I don't get it in the least. Yeah. It's like everything, like th- this bullshit about trigger warning shit. Have you seen that? No, what's that? So like people are, are putting in front of different uh, articles or or store anything. They're just like trigger warning if you have a thing about spiders, you might not want to read this. Trigger warning, if you grew up as a kid who didn't get a lot of toys, this might bring up some painful memories. Oh. Trigger warning. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Not We don't have to be mollycoddled. We are not infants. No. We are humans. We are intelligent human beings. If you don't like something, stop reading it. Doesn't mean don't ever start. No. It doesn't... And And... You you have no right not to be offended. Right. You have no right not to be offended. You have your right to be offended. Yeah. You can be offended as much as you like. Right. But you don't have a right to never be offended by anything. That's a good way of putting it. That is a really good way of putting it. And, you know, not laughing and not patronizing a comedian is plenty punishment. That's plenty it. Plenty punishment. That's the punishment in and of itself. And if yeah. you really want to take it a step further... Tell a friend who might be interested in that comedian, I would stay away from that comedian. I do not like that comedian. Fine. Definitely. But even that, that's about the limit. You don't tell them. Okay, so this is this goes to, did you have anything more on this one exactly? Or No, no, no. I was just going to say that, like, you know, that, that uh, you know, Joan Rivers also mm-hmm. lost a gig on a cruise ship because she wouldn't apologize for a joke that she had made. Um, you can't apologize for a joke. You can't. It makes no sense. And the idea It's a joke. That's the thing is that like if you take it seriously then you're missing the fact that the person is even making a joke. It's, it's satirical. Words. It's exactly. It is satirical. It is a it is a combination of words in an interesting pattern. No more, no less. If I'm holding a gun to your head and you dislike that, you have every right to blast out on social media how I held a gun to your head and how I should be shamed for it. Right. Because that's not cool. I'm infringing on your personal safety. 
But if I'm using words in an interesting, unique sequence that you somehow find inappropriate, you have every right to be offended by it, but I in no way have to apologize for that because it is words, it is language, and I will defend that. That is one of the things I feel so strongly about. I know it gets you into trouble because you also have to defend hate speech. You also have to defend the people's right to say the worst things in the world. Hooray for Nazis. But you've got to remember, (laughs) you've got to remember it is just dialogue. And it only gains traction and power if you give it traction and power. And And by saying, this is killing me, these words are causing me pain, you are giving it traction and power. Ignore it, focus on something positive, unless you are being physically abused. I can't, I don't know. I mean, there's there's abusive language, granted. Yeah. And there's there's a limit. And there's always personal things well, that come into it, but it, but it's, it's it's a difference between what the written word and the screamed word, I guess. If someone is berating you vocally with hate speech, that's something different than something that's been written down, because something that's on the page can be ignored, destroyed, put aside, what have you, right? Yeah. If you're throwing it out at me in a public forum, there's a different set of consequences and a different set of rules that apply to that. Yeah, but then you're going on intention there. Right. Now my intention is to hurt you or to put you on the spot. Right. You know, I always go back. If you go back and look at that uh, YouTube clip of uh, Michael Richards dropping the Mm N-bomb, left and right, you know, right before he loses it, and he loses it. Yeah. And that's why it becomes awful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right before then, he says what is a pretty offensive joke and pretty standard uh, stand-up joke of surviving a stand-up club stand-up clubs do a lot of really vicious crowd work many clubs have a lot of vicious interactions uh but michael richard says uh this was 50 years ago you'd be hanging upside down from a tree with a pitchfork in your ass that's what he says and it gets a huge laugh and the reason why it gets a huge laugh is because the people who are harassing him are being fucking assholes mm-hmm. okay then michael richards loses it and, and it just starts saying the n-word goes off over the, and over and over again end, yeah and that switch that happens there is intention Mm-hmm. That switch that happens there isn't about winning through humor, putting people in their place so I can move on my routine. It just becomes, I hate, I hate you, I hate you. And I actually don't think Michael Richards is a racist. I mean, you have to be somewhat of a racist to use that word. Right. But he just wants to hurt those people. Mm-hmm. You know, he just wants to be really... You're right. It's, it's all about intention and context. Yep. And people need to understand that. And if you're going to a comedy show, understand that intention and context are satirical and thought-provoking. And sometimes and it's about the comedian themselves being flawed. And what they're doing is they're making fun of themselves by making an ignorant joke while they mm-hmm. make it. And they're asking you to laugh at them being ignorant. You know, there's a lot of layers to why you appreciate a comic. You know, one of the things that makes Louis C.K. so appealing is he talks about being an imperfect dad. Mm-hmm. And, and his jokes are based on him loving his children but not being great. At being and a dad. Care of them, yeah. And so he's making fun of being a shitty dad. The jokes are amazing that way. And they're in no way saying, please go out and be a shitty dad. Because no. Louis C.K. says, it's no. okay. No, no, no. You know. Doesn't condone um, the behavior. Doesn't smile upon it. Just puts it in a different light and a different perspective. It's about provoking interesting thought and discussion. Right. You can't do that if you mollycoddle and... You know, it's a weird time. Cut like, down it, everything. When you hear the stories of like Lenny Bruce, and you're wondering like, how is that fucking possible that someone who's just saying jokes on stage could right. invite the shitstorm right. that Lenny Bruce invited on himself? That used that used to be unbelievable to me. 
listening to the story of Lenny Bruce in the '90s and 2000s. Absolutely, I did a story. I did a, a report on him in yeah. college. I, you know, and, and it, it was it was astounding. This is late '90s, and I'm like, I can't believe this man. Or early '90s, even I can't believe this man had to endure this. For what he was just saying, it seemed outrageous. And, and now, now the, 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 it's not unbelievable. The thing is turning. It's yeah. so bizarre. We had Carlin's seven words, you know, and, yeah. and you watch Bruce's routines. They're the furthest thing from what go, goes out over the airs today. Yeah. It, it, it's it's milk toast comparatively. Oh, and like, when, but it's also smart. Yes. And and uh, it, it's just super hard. Oh, we so you you and I are both fans of Cards Against Humanity. Yes, love that game. Mm-hmm. How many editions? They've done many editions, right? Uh, they've got four expansions, four, four expansions. full expansions, and some mini expansions. I have okay. almost all of them. I got the, they re released their Christmas. You gave expansions. me my first uh, Cards Against Humanity. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Love that game. It's so fun. So it's a card game where you ask certain questions and you 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 pre selected seven responses. And you try to put in the best responses to fit in those blanks. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun party game. Great. Really funny. A a party game for horrible people, as they call it. Yes. Really great. And those guys are really cool. Like, I've heard them on uh, panels. I've watched their Penny Arcade panels and stuff. It's a crew of some really interesting, intelligent, fun guys who just happen to luck into a, a really cool product. And they do great, cool marketing stuff with it. It's just... Very admirable. I have the greatest respect in the world for that. And they recently stepped in some shit. They, well, they went into the apology realm. There is a card uh, called Passable Tranny or Passable Transvestite. Passable Transvestites. That's it. Passable Transvestites. Okay. Passable Transvestites is one of the white cards. It's one of the possible fill-in-the-blank answers. Okay. All right. They They caught some flack from some in the LGBT community mm-hmm. right and they caved on it they will not include that card any longer in the in further editions yeah and and they've and, and they've come out and, and so much has said it was a a poor judgment call we were younger then we didn't really understand the issues and so there you go and while part of me thinks there is something admirable to that people do change and they're totally entitled to it it's almost the same kind of thing that went on with like uh adam yout mca from uh beastie boys you go listen to License to Ill. Those guys are the furthest thing from feminists that you could possibly be. Right. But they evolved. <coughs> they truly evolved. Right. And changed their outlook and pretty much disassociated themselves with many of the ideas and even some of those songs. Right. As time went by. But it doesn't devalue the creative impetus that gave birth to those songs. It shouldn't. And they you know they're not they didn't stop selling that record right yes it's them of a different time yes it's a different mindset but it's still a creative piece of work created by an artist in a certain time in their life and it's still valid and while i'm the furthest thing from promoting hate speech i just i feel like it's a weird it's a weird situation i don't know how to feel about it exactly i'm not i'm not real keen on it I think you put comedy out there. It's intended to be comedy. People take it the wrong way. I'm very sorry, but you can ignore it, stop buying it, what have you. I don't know that kowtowing to every special interest. I'm curious the term <coughs> passable transvestite. I'm, yeah. I'm ignorant in this arena. As am I to a great degree. I'm curious because it's not, if it was passable tranny, I could see why 
that's definitely you're in trouble there because I believe tranny is considered offensive, a little more a little more slangy, mm-hmm. but transvestite is an actual is the actual term, right? And so I'm curious, like if passable transvestite is um, discussed ever, you know, like as a, as a term. In other words, like if it's a term that is discussed amongst uh, people in that community, I'm not as upset that that card is there. Unless the term passable transvestite itself is also considered a big slur. Yeah. Again, I'm ignorant of it too. Um, the Penny Arcade guys, specifically uh, Mike, the uh, artist, yeah. Gabe, came up has come up very hard against this issue. And he's done what he can to apologize and backtrack on a lot of statements. There's a whole, if you really want to get into that, that's a whole huge can of worms that he went back and forth with. A very similar issue uh, with the... Uh, LGBT community and, and transsexual and transgender people. Um, and it's, it's really tough because they're in the business of being jokesters and being, you know, satirical. Yeah. And it's, he's, he's apologized for being ignorant on some issues, but then he'll, you know, have a kind of a change of heart in the next moment and be like, no, but damn it. I, I said what I meant. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking. It, it, this is creativity. This is, this is freedom. This is expression. This is, yeah. Yeah. It's a really hard line. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, at some point, you know, jokes are at everyone's expense, you know, and I think like, um, basically like, like, you know, I guess something I've kind of been tiptoeing around the whole time, which is the Daniel Tosh, uh, rape joke mm-hmm. incident. You know, that was a big. That's a real tough one for me, also, mm-hmm. because um, yeah, I've heard a lot of comedians use rape as a comedic thing, mm-hmm. and I've seen them do it well. I've seen people do it in a way that makes everyone laugh, because comedy deals with the horrors of life, and that is the most horrible thing. So, therefore, if you can uh, enter that tension point with a, with something smarter to say, you can get a laugh for it. And the word itself can't just be a, a wipe away scenario. Now, going to my intention flip uh, argument, right? You could say that that Daniel Tosh flipped that switch mm-hmm. when he tried to put her in her place, but then encouraging that person to actually be raped. Mm-hmm. If you believe him, if you believe him, if you believe that was his actual true intention, actual with, intention. Without, a, without a dash of satire or yeah. Or, or you know hyper hyperbolic wit behind it. Then yeah, there's that there's that flip, you know. But it's it, it is a hard line to figure out. It's a hard line because the the only thing I say in defense of like all comedians on the Tosh incident is that how do you know that that person experienced what they experienced? It's because that person singled themselves out, highlighted their truths, and, and made it known to everyone in the room. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of. Uh, victims of these types of things that go to comedy shows and things like that that deal with things that toe that line that maybe don't make it known. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, I wasn't in the room. I don't know anything else about it. And it's also really old controversy to be digging shit up on. I can only tell you from my personal experience that I went through a, a horrible incident when I was a child. Um, you know, I was I was around for my mother dying and that involved, uh, uh, we were, I'll just, I'll just say we were in a water slide and I, I went down the water slide. She had a heart attack and I, I have really distinct memories of, of all the things that happened when that happened. And so I've gone to shows uh, that involve uh, water, you know, and all of a sudden I got, I get real weird 
and I, and I don't know why, and I don't process it right away. First trigger time I saw, warning. Yeah, I had a trigger <laughs> warning when I went to see uh, Oh here in town. The first but time how I saw could you, oh. yeah, yeah, but how could you possibly trigger warning? There's water. Right. And and also like you tell me ahead of time if you be like Matt we're gonna do this thing just so you know there's water I'd be like go fuck yourself <laughs> right. you know what I mean right yeah you dick like, like, like I can't yeah. take some water like you don't know how it's gonna come on mm-hmm. but I certainly didn't leave thinking that anyone owed me a fucking apology <laughs> either it's my own shit you know precisely well it's everybody and the amount everybody of, like, has their own the thing. amount of movies uh, and the amount of TV shows that involve a dead mom I mean it's a lot oh man growing up and so. Sometimes that would bother me, and sometimes it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when it was going to happen, but no one owed me an apology right. for dealing with the same shit that a lot of people have dealt with. You have every right to be offended. You have yeah. no right to demand to not be offended. Right. That's, Paul, you're going to run for president on that line. That's not my line. I don't know whose it is. It's Paul's line. No. Paul Mattingly said that it's here It's not first. my line. I wish, get, I wish it was. Get I the bumper stickers out. Paul Mattingly. But exactly right. Like, I mean, if I go to a comedy show and the guy's telling dog euthanasia jokes, I'm not going to be like, hey, man. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. everyone has stuff that they're going to be offended about. That's the thing. And so I mean, it's everybody. Like, yeah. Like when you enter a comedy show or comedy club, I think you should be known there's going to be boundaries are going to be pushed. That's kind mm-hmm. of the way it's done. What if about- it's done well, if it's done well, intelligent comedy is designed for that. I mean, ultimately, just like you're saying, it's uh, Mike Myers talks about it's all just about we're dying. That's the only thing that's funny. We're, we're all going to die. That's what's ultimately the comedy. What did, what did uh, Mel Brooks say? Comedy is a man falling into a manhole, uh, uh, falling down in an uncovered manhole. Yeah. And tragedy is I fall down that manhole. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. So, I mean, it's like, it's whatever happens to you. Of course, you're going to interpret it differently. Of course, it's going to yeah. feel different for you because it's your experience. It's your life. It's a different thing for you. But it doesn't change the basic nature of the activity or event. Yeah. <laughs> What about the people that are upset with the Cards Against Humanity guys for apologizing? They, yeah, have, a, they have a game that's designed to be offensive. Yeah. And that's they're, what they're I kind mean. of singling out one group and apologizing because that one group is offended. And you talk about slippery slope. Whereas, like, here's another card. I just want to read you this other card that I, that I just found. Okay. Moses gargling Jesus' balls while Shiva and Buddha penetrate his divine handholds. Mm-hmm. That could be offensive to a couple of people. Yeah. 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 And that's that's, that's still in the game, right? That's the, that's the whole the whole thing that that the whole reason I get kind of thrown by it is, guys, your game is all about this, right? Yeah. Your premise is all about this. Our intention is to be offensive, and the people who are going to buy this aren't going to give a fuck, yeah, or shouldn't. That's true. You're apologizing to chances are maybe not your audience, even if maybe. it is someone who's playing the game. But I mean. Even there's a Lance Armstrong, there's a Lance Armstrong's testicle or like Lance Armstrong's single lone testicle or something something like like that. that. And he's even posted like a picture of him playing the game and he, you know, pulled that card. Right. No one's safe, but it's humor. It's, like I said, this, the only, my only distinction on this is that if, 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 if they said tranny, I understand the apology. But if they're just using a term, mm-hmm. and it's just because of the, it's just and it's just based on insensitivity right. and not vulgar, you know, not 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 an actual like um, uh, politically incorrect insult. Yes, you know, and it goes back because you, you were say saying gay before. guy or you say the f word. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it goes back exactly what you're saying. It's intention. Yeah, and you can say the f word 
Yeah. If your intention's right and it comes off like nothing. Right. The certain company and the people you say it to, right? It's all about intention. Uh, just as exactly as you said. But I just, I despise the uh, codification and impugning of language yes. in any way. Language is there to be used. And yes, it's a tool, but it cannot harm you. It truly cannot harm you. That's the thing. That's why I think some of these people who get so offended about it are some of the people who are who who put so much stock into words. Yeah. To the point like their life is led only by just words. Just the words themselves, yeah. Just words. Right. And so words are so important that the bad words flip them out. Yeah. And it's like you need to take in all words. Good, bad, negative, positive, educational, derisive, all of it. You've got to be a well-rounded person and experience all the words so that you can contextualize and understand what you like and what you want to support and what you don't want to support. And that's where it ends. But you can't cut yourself off from it and you can't block it out completely because that just drives stuff underground and makes it dark and weird. Right. And that's exactly, and that's exactly uh, Jonathan Rausch, uh, who was a guest on PSS, who wrote a book called Conley Inquisitors. Basically, his point is that that hate speech, protecting hate speech is exactly what you just said. It's super important because you want people speaking their minds because that's what gets rid of ignorance is people bringing ignorant ideas to the table, yeah. keeping them uh, subdued and on the fringes uh, uh, where they're never going to get held accountable Harbor. doesn't eliminate that ignorance. No, no. So you want... Put it out there in the open. To put the, to, and to, if to enough people it. hear it, they'll go, hey man, that's really bad. Yeah. And uh, hopefully enough people will go, oh, a lot of people think that's really bad. I should probably really look at that and rethink that. Yeah. But that's the other part of it too. Rational discussion. Rational, thoughtful discussion, not knee jerk craziness. I can't believe you just said that, Paul. Fuck I, you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, someone write in and tell and tell us why this is offensive. So, some, someone tell us because we don't know. Well, um, and that's the other thing too. We, uh, you know, we are claiming ignorance on that issue, and and I'm sure, and I'm sure it is offensive to, for some people. But so is everything. No, and I, I want someone to write in. I want to be corrected. I want to be informed, but oh, I, yeah. I want I want all the logic. I'd like and, the clarification on your point as well, too. Yeah. I think you know the, the way that that term is used. How is it used, and is it common colloquialism or what right. is it? Yeah, but at the same time, it's, like, it's just it's weird that the cards guys pulled this. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, if I were in their shoes, I probably would not have apologized. The only thing that I can figure is that transvestite is now an offensive term. The whole thing that that like, word itself is, is that is that word an offensive term? I don't because I don't know. That's what I want to know. I, as far I, as I, I know, it's not. As, so as, I mean, transgender, saying, as a transgender? Rocky Horror fan, I can't imagine the word transvestite becoming offensive. <laughs> oh, I hope it's not. There's so that movie can stay around. That movie's the best. Yeah, the movie's the best. Well, let's get out of here. Let's go into Jock versus Nerd. Let's do it. Jock versus Nerd. <laughs> Explosion. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to go first? I will. All right. All right. This character and several other characters have just found new life in a freshly released short story online. Back from a presumed purgatory, this character breathes again. 
some character, some character that was not being used somewhere else. Yes, is online now. I don't it's the vaguest question ever. I because if I give you hint one, it's out of the ballpark, pretty much. Let me see what I can do. I can do here. Um, Something. Uh, I'll, okay. All right. It is. Uh, Mudbloods around the world are excited about this reveal. Okay. At least there, there's a hint that other people have gotten it, even though I still have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> mudblood? What's a mudblood? Oh. Jacob, do you know what a mudblood is? I do. Okay. I'm so sad. <laughs> oh, man. You guys, this is really weird. Okay. You guys seem like upset about something that I don't know about. If No, I'm upset that I know what a mudblood is. If you wanted to know more, <laughs> if you wanted to know more about this, uh, yeah. this life and this character and what they're about, just like in the last episode, you might need to take a night bus. Oh, oh, uh, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not Jar Jar Binks. Because I've Jar read Jar a lot Binks. of his sexual fan fiction, and it is disgusting. Um, the as a, of, the amount of long ear fucking that I've read about, I can give you the jock version here. There is a grand sport. In fact, this short story talks about these guys going to see an event of this sport being held where the objective is to catch a golden winged ball in flight. Oh, uh, is this like uh, Harry Potter? Yes. Yes. So Harry Potter is a Harry Potter. There is a, there is a new short story that uh, JK JK just put up on the Potterverse website that is it like, because he uh, spoiler alert, he, Dies, right? He's the boy who lived. How would he? No, he's the boy who lived. Okay. He's always been the boy who lived. Oh, boy. At the end of the what? thing, <laughs> he's, he's alive at the end? I, have you read? None. The, no, not a book. Uh, not a page. Well, you know what? I'm thankful you got a young kid because yeah. he's going to dig it the most. Uh, and you're going to read them to him. And sure, that's cool. You'll be transported. And I, I agree. Love will pour I into your heart. They're, they're wonderful. Well written books. They're wonderful. Yeah, not the greatest thing ever, but they're really good. Yeah, it's a lot of Star they're Wars. Huge. They're a huge. I mean, they're the greatest. There's books a lot of, all of time. Star Wars in there. Yeah, but um, there's a lot of Star Wars everywhere. There's a lot of other shit in Star Wars. Anyway, uh, yes, it it's a uh, uh, supposed to be like one of the reporter characters writing a kind of gossip column about who's who and what's what going on. You know, they've got Harriet like in his mid thirties now. Okay. So everyone's alive and everyone's alive. And it's just like kind of a quick catch up. Uh, it's sort of the way it read on the article that I read. I haven't read the article itself, but the way it read on the description was, uh, sort of, uh, the end of, uh, uh, Oh God. Animal house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Where the, everybody's future gets kind of laid out there. One little line. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's I always think of the Animal House as the prime example of what you're talking about, where they just talk about how everyone, how everyone lived out their lives mm-hmm. uh, in quick little slides. Yeah, it's got a quick little like okay. Herm- Hermione is is in charge of. Uh, but you policing didn't read the actual the thing, world. right? No, I just read little the snippets. So there's no. Is there any big like, crazy uh, reveals? Yeah, uh, Harry's got another scar on his face from fighting baddies here and there. He's got to protect that moneymaker. Yeah. You can't, um, you can't keep getting uglier. There's that. Does he uh, end up with Hermione? No, Hermione ends up with, what's her name? What's Hermione name? ends up with Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess Ron has fallen on kind of tough times and is uh, managing his brother's magic shop. So his twin brothers, who well, his one brother now because his one brother, I'm well, spoiler. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, he, that's what they said. That Hermione is a big wig in the um, 
like the police, the wizard, okay. the wizard police, wizard that police. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Spinoff. I smell a spinoff. Dude, you, yeah, you do smell a spinoff because she's going to do it again. She's going to write more Harry Potter books. She'd yeah. be stupid not to. I mean, she actually not wrote... Not stupid not to, but there is a crazy amount of people who are so hungry for it. I wanted to... She wrote another book under a pen name, under, under a dude's name. Is this... You talking about the book that's coming out that's being turned into a film? No, it already came no, no, out. No, I, I know what you're talking about. Hold on. I'll what find is this it. one? Uh, Jacob's going to look it up. Okay. Um, but uh, she actually... There was a book that came out. It was a big hit in London. It was, mm-hmm. it was a good book. And then they re- they, the, the author was elusive. And so suddenly they realized that it was a pen name. And so they started doing research on it, and they started doing trying to do writing uh, pattern comparison. And they had basically like the, whoever the, the studiers of writing, you know, pe- individual handwriting mm-hmm. kind of thing, um, not handwriting, but um, style of writing. Sure. Um, basically, were like became ninety. We're like ninety percent sure it was J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. and then they uh, she came out and admitted that it was her. But it was like some kind of British spy thing. It was totally contemporary. Interesting. And, and it was supposed to be a great, great book. And uh, she wrote under a different name uh, just to get it out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which she was, of course, under an, an assumed name as well. Um, no one knew who JK was when she first started writing. So um, she's clearly a great writer. Yeah. And she can and she can write all those great, prolific. Uh, pro- prolific shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, people love those characters. And to be able to invent characters that people hold on to this dearly for this long. Yes. That's, there's that's there's really something to it. Mm-hmm. And um, is she hot? You ever seen her? No, I just wanted to say something ignorant at the end of all that. <laughs> the casual vacancy. The casual the vacancy about. is uh, something I want to get in there. No, She's no George R.R. <laughs> R. Martin, I'll say that. Well, I just stepped on my mic thing. I have to, I have to What's them. wrong with you? Oh, I can't hear anybody. Like a damn tragedy monkey. Tragedy over here. here. Like a damn monkey. Holy shit. Fix, oh, Paul you, Vamp. Uh, oh, you totally just... So Matt just stepped on his cord and... Shook his mic loose, man. How much mic cord do you have for your headphones? There, that's I want to be able to like go to get a coffee and stay on the air at the same time. That's a lot. Yeah, that's just enough. It's enough. Well, <laughs> that's well, what they say, though, well, Matt. That's what they say. Well, it's I, average. It's, it's average. Right. It's, it's average. Fine. It's better. It's fine. Fine. It's fine. Fine. Paul. Yes, sir. The Houston Rockets have supposedly made a max offer. For which free agent Miami Heat player? Oh, it's got, whoa, it could be one of three. Correct. Okay. I'm going to go Dwayne Wade. Incorrect. I'm going to go with LeBron. Incorrect. I'm going to go with the other guy. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Bosh. Chris Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. It comes every year. Chris Bosh. Merry Chris (laughs) Bosh. Chris Bosh, <laughs> here in the sleigh bells, Chris Bosh, where will you be? Merry Chris Bosh, everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is significant because... Uh, because he's the greatest holiday ever. <laughs> now, it's been fascinating. You know, I've been loving the full Hollywood Hulk Hogan version of LeBron James. And it has not, and, and and also, I guess I'm one of the I guess biggest flag waving LeBron haters. I guess because anytime something happens, people check in with me on social media about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's right up there with bacon. Now I get I get everything. <laughs> lots bacon of bacon news and, and everything lots of about LeBron, LeBron news. Okay, um, but it was it's, it's fascinating because basically, like uh, they all met, you know, like they did before. The three of them met. Oh, they did another. Uh, 
another another, another summit, another another, another gathering of the coven. <laughs> <laughs> they gather on the cauldron and put in a a, a, a spider leg and a and an ABA basketball. <laughs> they sacrifice one of the old red, white, and blue. Bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, but they, but they, LeBron dunk. And <laughs> they said that they, Bosch, unlike dribble. last time, they left they left their summit only more confused about what LeBron might do with his life. That basically LeBron might have been like, look, whatever, I need to become the highest paid player. You guys figure out what you want to do on your own. Now, they had both, they had all opted out of the contract together, presumably to all take pay cuts again to presumably, you know, try and form the dream, form team again, dream team again. And but now Chris Bosch is sitting here with maybe I can get max money somewhere else. For a team that actually already has a good team, the Houston Rockets are very loaded, Paul. Because name another player on the Houston Rockets? Jimmy for, Jimmy Firecracker. Jimmy Firecracker is used to play there. Uh, oh wait, uh, the Rockets. I really don't know. Yeah, you have no idea. I have no idea. Do you even know who James Harden is? is Do you he, know who uh, did Dwight he Howard is? Quick drying cement. Yes. Yes. That would be a good name. James Harden. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Who's the other one? Uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. That yeah. is that is the other brother of Ron Howard and uh, <laughs> oh, what's his name? Howard. Yeah. What's the other the creepy Clint, Howard? Clint. Clint. Clint Howard. Clint Howard. Yeah. 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 He was basically a creepy guy in every movie. Well, he started off creepy. Yeah. He was in the original series of Star Trek as Balok. Oh, that's right. The little yeah, yeah. kid uh, who faked everybody out and thought he wasn't the classic Corbamite maneuver. There oh, are- Corbamite. There aren't enough brothers. Like, yeah, the NBA players don't have brothers that are also famous for other things, right? Uh, not not a whole lot of. It shouldn't be. be there's a few. More. There's a few. Yeah, yeah. There's the is Lee Schreiber not Lee Schreiber? The other no, no. I'm thinking of Lee Schreiber. No one named Schreiber is playing basketball in the <laughs> NBA. I can tell you that much right now. Are there brothers in the NBA? Is that That's what you're what I'm talking about? No, asking you're asking about brothers in the NBA. I thought you were asking about brothers who got famous just in general. Oh, oh no, 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 that that, that part's was true. just a long list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a long list there. <laughs> yeah, the Corsican um, brothers it starts there. <laughs> uh, the Three Stooges, mm-hmm. Curly and Mo Howard, the Ramones. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we're gonna stop brothers. there. Um, They're not even named Ramon, really. Okay. No. <laughs> the Three Stooges. Why do I have to sing the facts there? What are you, what's going I don't on? know. Why am I going into songs for things? Well, here's one know. slick theory that was given to me by my our friend Anthony Owa Ae. Is LeBron investing in Vaseline? <laughs> That'd be a slick theory. <laughs> I'm going to own all the petroleum products. I'm going to corner the market on petroleum. You know, when we do this, I always wonder, like, because I always uh, bust balls during your nerd things that I know nothing about, Mm -hmm. that, like, I really, is it it equal? Like, right now, like, is what I'm saying? I don't know shit. Right. What I'm saying is, like, so, like, are the listeners also equally not knowing shit about what I'm talking about? And thank God that you are taking apart. (laughs) In, in every little I'm piece. Sure, well, I think this is the thing, half and half, right? right. Some people are some yeah. people are like, oh, I want to hear the nerd stuff because I'll know it and it'll be interesting. Yeah. And they're like, I want to hear the jock stuff because I'll know it. <laughs> Either way, we take the piss and it's all good. Yeah. Nobody's offended. Agreed, agreed, agreed. <laughs> um, that LeBron is playing a psychological game and wants Chris Bosh to go to the Houston Rockets and use his salary for one or maybe two other really good players and does want to decide I thought you were talking about sorry. Because there is no deeper psychological game. As no. soon as you said he was playing a psychological game, I was right. pretty sure he was playing Sorry yeah. from Milton Bradley. No, guess who is not a good psychological game? Sorry. It's not a psychological game. It's a I, memory I game. I got in fucking fights with kids over Sorry. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's it, it brings out the devil. Oh yeah. So if you really want to get to the heart of it, play yeah. some sorry. Sorry. So he's 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 instead he's what's he doing? So the the, the theory that Anthony put forward that I haven't heard from anybody else yet, which is that basically LeBron wants Chris Bosch not to sign up for the Heat. So he's playing a psychological game of like, look, I'm going to go for mine. You go for yours. Let's just end up where we're going to end up. And then secretly, Chris Bosch will then say, all right, I guess I'm not going to take a pay cut. I guess the dream team's over. And he's going to be like, I'm going to go take more money over Dwayne to Houston. Wade, come on, man. Exactly. We're going back. And I just heard a and rumor. We're going to get Carmelo Anthony or somebody like that. Exactly. Carmelo. They might be able to get like someone like Pau Gasol and Luol Dang. Right. And might be able to get like a, a two players for Chris Bosch's salary. That might be really good. You'll be doing all right in Miami tonight, but I'll be a blue, 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 blue Chris Bosh. <laughs> that couldn't have been better. Well, that was great. Because I heard a rumor last night that uh, over at the Marquee, a couple of people were partying. Isn't that right, Jacob? Yeah, LeBron and uh, Dwayne Wade were apparently at Marquee last night. Well, that's funny because Chris Bosh wasn't he was at not Marquee there last night. So I think maybe they might. I think you'll Anthony have Hawaii. a blue, 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 blue Chris Bosh. <laughs> so I like this theory, <laughs> and it's full Hollywood Hogan. Oh it's yeah, full bad yeah. guy. Yeah, he is just he is a. So now he feels like you are you are the weakest link, Chris Bosh. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, that, that's full evil genius. That's mode pretty now. rough. That's fucking evil genius. Mode. I bet you're right. I'm uh, sure that's right. Well, there it is. Yeah. But Dwayne Wade and him are a different caliber. Yes. But Dwayne For Wade's better on or the, worse, on the decline. But yes, Wade is down on the decline. Yeah, he, he injuries a, and stuff. He, he yeah, he's basically been fighting knee shit. He only played in. Oh, like does he three have the quarters. knee shits? That's the worst. <laughs> well, not only is it bad for him, but the court suffers. <laughs> <laughs> and think about the furniture in the locker room. Oh, yeah. Talk about dribbling. Oh, Ugh. We've talked for so long, and we still have to get some scoop mail. Well, fucking, let's get the scoop mail then. Fuckity, <laughs> <laughs> fuckity, fuck. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, from Jordan. Hi, gays. My name is Jordan. Hi, gays. Uh, yeah. He I, got us. I've already, I've already oh, fucked up. Apologize. Scoop, apologize. <laughs> no, I'm out now. Take, take it back. Pride. From Jordan. Hey, guys. My name is Jordan, and I am from Windsor, Canada. Love the podcast. I've been a scoop since episode one. I'm writing in to ask to be a part of the Ice Cream Social Fantasy Football League. You're in. <laughs> Done. <laughs> The reason I think I would be a good addition is that I am sort of a hybrid of Paul and Matt. I have listened to every episode of the podcast and so far have known the answer to every jock versus nerd question. That is Whoa. impressive. Also, since I am Canadian, until the Buffalo Bills Good luck on moved. today's. Good luck on today's, <laughs> today's nerd question. I think you'll get it. As soon as I said mudblood, yeah. 90% of the people knew it. Well, I knew what it was about, but I, I, st- I still didn't know the story. I, I, I had not heard the story. <laughs> There's uh, a person somewhere who's doing a thing on the internet. <laughs> but that's pretty. That's pretty much all you needed. <laughs> <laughs> don't, make, don't make me separate you two. Okay, when you say it that way, it sounds a little. Okay. <laughs> also, since I am Canadian, until the Buffalo Bills eventually moved to Toronto, football really is just fantasy. Love the show. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Love the show, especially your reoccurring guest, Jacob. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> He's not a reoccurring guest. He's how this thing happens. <laughs> Everything. You... But we call him the guest every yeah, that's time. True. That's the joke. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Mudbloods, Matt. Mudbloods. I really, I really wish somebody thought I was a reoccurring guest. That'd be great. Uh, next one from Josh. Dear Matt and or Mattingly. 
Jupiter is in the money house. Oh, nice. <laughs> However, I'm in my parents' house. Oh, oh okay. shit. At age 30. Oh, okay. I'm currently friend. here by choice, okay. holding down two high-paying jobs. Great. I'm happy. Is there something wrong with me? No. Nope. Obviously, I'm not looking for an, a professional opinion. P.S. Figgity, fuck you if you have a problem with it. No, I wow. don't. I don't because you said you're happy. Yep. And you've got two high-paying jobs. That tells me what I need to know. So it's one thing to be living there out of necessity and an impoverishment. Yeah. It's another thing to do it out of choice. If you get along famously with your folks, that's great. It's, Has he never lived outside of his house? That'd be my question. Who knows? Because it, it, I imagine he's leaving, you know, uh, I'm sure he wants to find a companion. Right. right? Well, he does say there's, there's a second PS here. Oh. And yes, when I do finally settle on a girlfriend, I'm sure I'll move out at that point. But she better damn well like at least some of the quality anime that I enjoy. Ah, I think there's nothing wrong with this <laughs> gentleman just, at you all. You just described Paul's heaven as what right. happened right there. Won, won me over completely. And I think that's great. Uh, I, I just wonder if, I, if I'm going to bring up something else and there's going to be another P.S. that answers what I'm about to right. say. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> P.S. I do eight magic cards. <laughs> eight, magic <laughs> eight magic card tricks I when I bring girls over. <laughs> Uh, PPS, did you notice the psychological <laughs> test I just played on you? In this, in this? I was leaning close to my computer while typing this, but then I leaned away while typing the second PS. Did you feel that? Uh, no, I think um, awesome, dude. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I've got to reformulate. No, I'm curious. That. I'm curious, like if he's never lived outside of his parents' home, that that means the next step, like the very first time he'll live out on his own, will be with a companion, right? That seems a little dicey to me. Could very well be. I think there is something to living by yourself for a while. You really get to find out who you are and what you like. But that's a danger, too, because you live by yourself long enough, and that's it. It's impossible to integrate another life into there. So maybe a happy medium. He's got the roommates. He's got the the fam living around. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. As you get older, you just get more specific. Right, you, you know, get like, more stuck in your ways, and more you, you get your uh, patterns yeah. and the things you like. If I could go back to ten years ago and tell me that, like, what I need if I'm going to live with a girl, you know, like that I need two sinks, right? That, that we can't share a sink, you know, those kinds of things that, like, that you, those matter to you when you'd be like your own would, closet space, yeah, all that stuff would be like what? Uh, but now it's like it's a total necessity. It just gets, you get so, so much more specific and fastidious as you get older. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's harder and harder to figure out how to bridge that gap. And for me, it's not even about like not living with your parents or living on your own, but like I lived with roommates. Yeah. And in that time, of course, but you might be, be he's older, right? So I'm only sympathizing to when it's I 30. was. Yeah. Right. And so like I'm only sympathizing to when I was like 20 or 19 and I was a total jackass, you know? And so it took roommates being like, uh, Matt, you're going to fucking do this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I guess normal people should do that like every week. Um, clean up this or do that, and so I needed that. But I guess at thirty, maybe you don't need that as much. Maybe you are, maybe you are more sensible. Uh, you know, it all depends time. on with the, the relationship with the parents. If if he's still getting his laundry done and things like that, then we might want to look at that's things tough. A bit yeah. Closer. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 that'd be yeah. tough. But uh, but it depends. Uh, but I mean, I I would love to take advantage of that too. There are plenty of days when I'm like, God damn it, I just want to go back to Kentucky, <laughs> get in my room and hide. <laughs> I serious, I get it, I get it. Um, but. Yeah, I think uh, it'd be great if he also met some girl who lives with her parents, 
and then they all moved in together. And their parents could <laughs> marry <Reality> each <laughs> other. Their parents could marry each other in that's a four-way a, marriage. A reality show. Instead of like yep. wife swap, it's like parent swap. Oh, yeah. Parent Josh, that joining. is a reality show for you. Well, give us some more info if you want more input. But, I mean, like you said, you didn't want a professional opinion, but I think it's all good. I don't know about that, but you also said fuck you for judges in any way. Right. So that's right. a trap question. Exactly. But I, I, I <laughs> this think... This just wants to start a fight. Right. The, right. Fact that he's got, uh, the fact that he's got things going on on the ball and feeling good about himself... That tells me he's okay. Yeah. Again, it's it's a whole different situation. So, good on you. If you really feel like you want to uh, test it out, get your own place or something, maybe even get like a starter single bedroom thing that you wouldn't even have to move out of your parents' house. If you, if you have truly two lucrative jobs, you could probably afford your own place. On yeah, he's. I think he might just be enjoying living with his parents. Like yeah. He actually likes. Them. Or he's maybe he's, maybe he's saving up to get a house. You know, we forget living on these far coasts like we have for so long. In some towns, houses are affordable on a on a living wage. That's true. Yeah, you don't have to luck into a, yeah. a small fortune to. That's true. That is true. Uh, next one from Dugan. Indeed, I did. I wanted to tell you two things. Number one, foie gras hot dogs are no joke. They sell them at Hot Dugs in Chicago, and they are fantastic. They made national news a few years ago when the ban on foie gras. I can never say that right. Foie gras. Foie gras. Yeah, that. Uh, the ban was in effect here in Chicago. Can you just say duck liver pate? Is that there you go. This is an old scoop mail uh, that we never got on the air that I that I dug up. Are you are you giving us a blast from the past, 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 past? It is an old episode where we talked about hot dugs being a hot dog place. That's right. an old joke uh, okay. that we had yeah. in one of our old episodes. That's what's going on here. And uh, the reason why I include it is because he actually sends the menu, and I have the menu in front of my face Ooh. right here. So... Uh, the game of the week is a smoked yak sausage with bacon, garlic, mayonnaise, and smoked Gouda cheese. Sounds Gouda. <laughs> they have um, Roman Luguniga. Luguniga? Luguniga? I ordered that, but it wandered off my plate. <laughs> what is that? Oh, it was roaming? <laughs> oh, God. I hate that I got that joke. Oh. I hate that I got that joke. But they got some crazy ass sausages in this thing. <laughs> they got ass sausages. They got ass sausages. Crazy ones. Crazy ass. Lips no, and assholes. Not one sane ass was used to make these sausages. <laughs> the mad donkey. A shrimp and grits one is that's shrimp and grits. Ooh, shrimp I like and grits, shrimp, and grits. shrimp and grits. Pork sausage, creole mustard. How many grits and goat cheese in a sausage? This is a crazy place. In a sausage hot, case. This is hot dugs, but it's closing, right? Yeah, There's closing a- in the fall, according to this. So they might be closed by now. I don't know. I don't think so. It's not the fall. It's not the fall, so yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> they might be, know this is from last year. It's not that old of a scoop mail. It's not that old of a We haven't been doing it this long. We launched we in April. We haven't done this in the fall yet. <laughs> 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 they might have closed early. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck do I know from hot I mean, dogs they in closed Chicago? Like, you know, they, they certainly have like closed for the night and then open up the next day. So they definitely closed. They now. go by a different astral calendar, guys. <laughs> Moon cycles. They're done. Second thing he says is he was listening to the show yesterday at the gym and nearly fell off the treadmill <laughs> that he was laughing so hard during the talk about Bradley Cooper. Oh. About how much Paul loves Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Barf farts. Barf farts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad that he's the voice of Rocket Raccoon. I can't even tell you. Hashtag I want barf to, farts. I want to jump in and love Guardians of the Galaxy without any hesitation or yeah. reservation. And the fact that Bradley Cooper voices what could arguably one of the, be one of the coolest characters in all of the Marvel Universe makes me cry. <laughs> 
<laughs> if someone has the pull to get Bradley Cooper on Ice Cream Social, yeah. you, you'd be my hero. To make Paul talk to Bradley Cooper. I'm sure we'd get along famously. I'm sure we'd pal around. Just not a fan of the man's acting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Let's do one more scoop mail. Yeah, we got one here from Phil. After listening to the last seven or eight episodes of the Geek Shock podcast, which is Paul's other podcast, I cannot fathom the energy it would take to rein in Paul. When he gets a bit in his head, he runs with it, and I usually find myself laughing so much I can't breathe. See, Blue Chris Bosch. So congratulations, Matt, on controlling Paul. I love the ICS podcast and always find it hilarious. Scoop Mail and Jock vs. Nerd are awesome. Keep up the good work. Your scoop from Down Under Phil. P.S. My partner is due to give birth in about three weeks, and I am looking for a girl's name that will stand out from the rest. Any ideas would be great. Thanks. Blue Chris Bosch. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, a, a true, honest, heartfelt suggestion from me, yeah. Tila. Tila. I always loved the name Tila from Masters of the Universe. Tila Tequila? Nope. Tila. Oh, not her? That's, that's exactly the, the why problem. it's everybody, never going to happen. Everybody thinks Tila Tequila, so that's happen. terrible. But Masters of the Universe, I think that's a, that's a great one. Uh, you could even go Tila Na if you want to get crazy with it. You're like I, uh, deep myth- you know, mythology. I, I always like last names as first names or boys' names as girls' names. Oh, man. Don't you have just like... I think this is a generational thing of the time that we came up. Yeah. When we knew girls named Reagan yeah. or... or uh, Mackenzie. Yeah, Mackenzie, Cooper. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Like Mackenzie's one of those that's just like... She's hot. You don't even have to see her. Yeah, yeah. Mackenzie's a hot fucking girl's name. hot. That's man. a hot girl's name. Yeah, yeah. What's a, like, now? Here's the thing, right? So, so if you're gonna name your daughter, do you want to give her a hot girl's name? Like, are you concerned ooh. about that? Like, no one wants their kid to be ugly. No, but you don't want to like like Tila makes me think of you know Tila Tequila. You don't want to mm-hmm. give her like a slutty name. Well, a slutty Miley name. again, again. It's like it's the power of it's just she's ruined that name. Shame on her. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, well, whatever. Let's, I'm trying to think of some other cool. Now, by the time this girl grows up, no one will know who Tila Tequila is. L- yeah, no one. She's probably. But if if the fates have anything to say about it, they will know who Tila from Masters of the Universe is. Because that movie's right. getting a reboot. That whole property is going to come back around again. It's going to be what bigger about, than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What about Shira? We could do Shira. Well, you could go Adora, which Adora. was her name. That's a good name. Her real name is Adora. Adora's That's a great a good name. name. Um, if we get into some other, uh, uh, like, well, I would go with Mattingly. Fiction. I would name her Mattingly. No, no other girl's gonna have Mattingly. that name. First name Mattingly. You're right. You're right. Maddie no for short. That first name or Maddie. Ling. Call her Ling. Ling. Ling Ling. <laughs> Ling Ling. Call her Ling Ling, Ling, Ling. the Panda. Tia Ling Ling. Uh, well, and like you know, like I mean, I've always admired. Moxie Crime Fighter. That's like the yeah, most badass. Yeah. So like throw in something cool like that. I definitely encourage like uh yeah, famously Penn's daughter uh Emily actually is the one who 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 named she thought middle names were stupid. So she wanted she she didn't want like to like put a big deal on middle names. She hated the fact that she was pressured into finding a middle name, so they just came up with Crime Fighter thinking it was funny. So she's Moxie Crime Fighter mm-hmm. is her name. Um um James Asmuth uh, the middle name of his child is the Conqueror. I love it. Yeah, his middle name the, is the Conqueror. The middle name is the Conqueror. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, which is great. He's so funny. Yeah, he's good people. Um, and so uh, let's see. I would like something like if we were doing it that way, like like middle names, like something yeah. like Lucy Prime. <laughs> like make her middle name Prime. Uh, or, I like Prime uh, as a middle name. Yeah, 
Optimus would be a great name for Optimus a kid. is a, well, there's a guy in the military who changed his name to Optimus Prime. Oh, that's great. Yeah, as an actual soldier. Uh you could do one of those uh if you're looking for a unique name and you want to cash in, just start scanning the internet for those name uh awards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's 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 people out there named Linux and shit like that. Yeah. That that you know, what was there some some uh some Skyrim thing, I think, some contest. Yeah, there was a Skyrim contest. And I think if they, they named the kid Skyrim, so this kid is named Skyrim or Elder Scrolls or something like that. Right. Jeez. And and he gets every Bethesda published title for life. So he okay. gets free video games for life because his parents named him Skyrim. This By the is, time he's 13, he will hate all video games. Right, right, exactly. This, well, is, this is another one of Paul's dreams come true. Right here, you know, you, you could be named uh, Simpsons figures. Right. Well, that guy, the guy that <laughs> named himself Cokazit. You remember that way back in the day? No. Yeah, a guy named himself Cokazit to try and kind of cash in on that trademark phrase. Uh huh. And and then he kind of, I think he did some. What kind trademark of, phrase is Cokazit? Coke is it? Oh, Coke is it? Okay, Coke, got it. Coke is it? Which That's is, what I was just wondering. That's Coke what it sounds like it. you said. Yeah, it's an acne cream for African Americans. <laughs> Cokazit. Um. <laughs> Also, to answer your Not first question, true. we talked about me losing weight over time. All of it is from raining Paul in. That's it. <laughs> I've lost 23 pounds by... Well, I, I really appreciate the shout out for uh, Geek Shock and uh, The Ugly Couch Show. Um, thank you for listening to both and indulging me because I do go off the fucking rails on that show. And apologies to anyone offended by Paul's definition of a Coke is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who didn't understand Coke is it. I know, I know. It was all my fault. <laughs> all right. Well, Paul's dog is still dead, and we are out of here. She's dead as hell. I miss I miss you, Princess Buttercup. I want to thank Jacob for being our audio guy Woo-hoo. once again. Tony Longworth for writing music. Ace for his illustrations. Inspire Theater for giving us a home. Penn Gillette for creating this podcast. And, of course, my partner in crime, Mr. Paul Mattingly. I want to thank my partner in crime, Mr. Matt Donnelly. Follow Paul on Twitter at the famous Paul. Don't forget Matt at Sweet Matty D. Thank y'all for listening. Scoops, socialists, and socialites. We'll talk to you soon. Coke is it being a phrase. Yep. It was. And it was like, with Pepsi's like, Pepsi's also it too, guys. Pepsi is also it too. Please. <laughs> can't we also be it as well? <laughs> no, you can't. You're fucking Pepsi. <laughs>